Happy New Year, church. It's good to uh, be with you uh, this day. I believe this year we're going to discover God in some striking ways. I pray that uh, we'll be seeking Him so that He will reveal Himself to us. Now, if you happen to be going on a job interview, one of the most frequent questions that's asked in a job interview is, what are you passionate about? Employers love to ask this to learn about a person and to make sure that, uh, hey, that you actually have a pulse, to see if you're enthusiastic about something. And they want someone to show up on the job, well, I don't know if it's actually uh, in the workplace these days, but to show up for their job with some energy and they want to make sure that this is the type of job that you want to be doing. So if you're interviewing, how do you answer the question, tell me what you're passionate about? The best way, according to an article by uh, Byron Clark, says to name one single area of interest. In other words, begin your answer by uh, saying, one thing that I'm passionate about is. Then tell the interviewer what the specific thing is and then explain it and ideally relate it to the job you're interviewing for. Now, don't pick anything that uh, will sound like a distraction that will take you away from your ability to work. For example, it's probably not best to say, well, I'm very passionate about playing video games. Or, I'm very passionate about watching uh, Netflix. Or, I'm very passionate about funny YouTube videos. I could watch them all day long. As, see, as we make our way into 2021, in spite of the virus and the headwinds that it has caused, the challenges that we feel as a nation, the challenges we feel as a community of faith, and that you feel within your family and as individuals, I want us to see that there is so much beauty and so many opportunities and so many things to capture our interest. You see, some of us are passionate about our careers, others about helping other people, our families, our children, others about making a difference in the world. Others have a passion for music or exercise or even a good cup of coffee. And I know it could, we could go on and on from there. Sports or reading. Some have the passion for a perfect selfie, I've noticed. Some a passion for learning, for investing. Others for shopping or for gardening bourbon, or pizza, or all three. Now, if we reached into our Bibles and asked King David, what are you passionate about? I believe David would say, the one thing I am passionate about is God's Word. Now, David wasn't a preacher. He wasn't a teacher he wasn't a minister or a theologian, but he was a lover of God and an influencer and a leader of people. And Psalm 119, 
119 has historically been attributed to David. And the psalmist in Psalm 119 and verse 16 and then again in verse 24 uses the word delight as in I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Or verse 24, your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. And uh, this word is one of the key words describing our values at McKnight Crossings. Delight, that is delight in God. Delight in God's word. And delight and passion, it seems to me, are uh, very similar in meaning. And so we delight in his word. Verse 20 says it this way of Psalm 119. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. That's passion, isn't it? Now, one of the identifiers of a passion is that it eats up your thoughts. It, it, it takes over your thinking. In other words, you're consumed with longing. Or as the message translates this verse, my soul is starved and hungry, ravenous, insatiable for your nourishing commands. How about that for someone who is passionate? Now David's passion for the law might be a bit perplexing for us. I appreciate the laws of this land, and I appreciate law and order, and I, I respect the law, but I cannot say I have a passion for it, particularly. And so I think what we need to do is block our typical understanding of the word law, because it gets in our way. Torah, law, the the word that is translated here in Psalm 119 means something different and broader and much deeper than our English word law. First, in a strict sense, it means the first five books of the Old Testament. So he's referencing those books, this story of God revealing himself to his people and his people's decision to follow after God. And, and most likely, the psalmist, though, means all of God's Word. That is, all of God's revelation of Himself and our journey of faith with, with Him. So on another level, the word uh, law means instruction or teaching. The Word of God and God's ways, God's way of life. The word law is de derived from a word which means to throw or to cast or to shoot an arrow at a target. In other words, this was David's passion. The teaching of law lets you shoot the arrow right at the bullseye. This is what pleased God so that he became a man after God's own heart. And I see that same passion in Jesus from the temptations in the wilderness to the garden to the cross. The Word of God lived in Him. I want us to see uh, Psalm 119 and verse 97. It says, 
it, meaning this law, or these commands, or these decrees, or this way of life, is my meditation all day. You see, David didn't care who was watching. The law led him to God. It drew him near to God. That's passion. It's my meditation all day. And this doesn't mean that he went to the palace gardens and then somehow pulled out his yoga mat and sat there meditating all day. Rather, David was busy. He was ruling a kingdom. He was fighting Philistines. He was running from enemies. He took the word with him. And he, it is this amazing privilege to be able to find nourishment in the Word, to turn it over and over in our minds, to ruminate upon it, to mull over it. This is the essence of meditation while we are busy with life's activities. Look at the, med- uh, the benefits that come from the meditation. This is the passage that was read just a little bit earlier in verses 98 through 100. Your commands are always with me. And what? Make me wiser than my enemies. And I have more insight than all my teachers. For I meditate on your statutes. And I have more understanding than the elders. For I obey your precepts. You see, the law of God revealed all of this to David. And even to the point where he could say that the law reveals something even more than my tradition. It reveals truth for my life today. And all of this describes why David was so passionate about the Word of God. Now for just a moment... I'd like us to consider three ways in Psalm 119 that this passion is described. Maybe you can hang your hat on these this week and this coming month as we dwell. That is our series title, Dwell on the Word of God. The first one is in verse 54. It says, Your decrees are the theme of my song wherever I lodge. What I want to suggest is that the word, it is like music. And you know how important music is. Most of us uh, likely have a hymn from days in church gone by, maybe from childhood. And you now when you still, when you hear that song, you feel, you remember, you instantly recall The message says it this way, I set your instructions to music and sing them as I walk this pilgrim way. And so there's this tight relationship between the Word of God and music. Becky and I were watching uh, Dolly Parton's Christmas special the other night, and uh, the one, The Coat of Many Colors, and uh, several of the songs that were sung through the course of that, uh, that presentation uh, touched us deeply, particularly she having grown up in East Tennessee. And as the actress who uh, played Dolly as a little girl sang Just As I Am for her little mountain church. 
Becky said that was the song, and maybe this is true for several of you that are listening, the song that she went forward on, where she decided to surrender her life to Jesus, to put on Jesus in baptism, to have her sins washed away, to put on a new life that comes in following Jesus, in following Christ. Now, I just pretty much cried through the whole uh, story as uh, Dolly told it, the whole show, even though I'd seen it before. But David is saying this, the Word of God becomes his music. Number two, he says, it is like finding great treasure. That's uh, brought out in Psalm 119 in verse 62. I'll read it from the Amplified Version, particularly uses the word treasure. The NIV, I believe, uses the word plunder. But I rejoice, or spoils is another way of translating it. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. Now, when I was a kid, I really wanted a metal detector. And uh, I thought I could find old coins and rings and valuables. And my friend had one, so I was envious of his. And, uh, and we, we would try it out, and it seemed like if you turned it up, it found everything. Tin cans and aluminum foil and old nails. And if you turned it down, it didn't seem to find anything. But if you adjusted it just right, then look out... There is nothing like finding treasure. Now, what if you viewed the Word of God like finding treasure, like being on a treasure hunt? Would you do that with me this year? How would you go about listening to it and reading it, and maybe reading it and listening to it differently if you saw it as a treasure hunt? The third thing I want to say about the Word of God from Psalm 119 and verse 103 is that it is super sweet. The text says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. We might say, The Word of God is like a Krispy Kreme donut. The ancients, you see, didn't have sugar as we know it. And they didn't use artificial sweeteners as we do. But they loved honey. And I'm telling you, sweet is sweet. One of my friend's uh, son's friends lives here in St. Louis. And uh, he asked Ben a couple of weeks ago, he said, your mom wouldn't by chance be making a French silk pie over Christmas, would she? You see, her French silk pie is one of the best things that you could ever taste. Indescribable. Sweet. You see, most of our passions require very little attention. They, they, they grab us from the start. And in fact, that is why so many of our passions actually become addictions. However, there are some, like the taste of a fine wine, that uh, are cultivated passions. So here's the question in 2021. 
How will you, like David, grow your passion for God's Word? So that the Word becomes your music. So that you pursue it like it is a treasure. So that it is as sweet to your taste as a caramel macchiato with whipped cream. Did you notice something? All three of these word pictures are extremely sensory in nature. In other words, ears hear the sound of music and eyes get wide in seeing the treasure and the mouth tastes the sweet of the honey. Another way of saying it is that the Word of God captures not just our minds, but certainly our minds, but your heart and your emotions and your feelings and your reactions. And that we find that there is this interaction and engagement with the Word. Now, this year we're recommending a Bible reading plan. And it'll be detailed in the uh, weekly email. And we'd like you to grow through, this, uh, through, through, through daily meditation. And I, as I was preparing this, it struck me. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, Thou shalt read through the Bible in one year. You see, most of us have failed, and maybe even failed miserably at trying to do that. And what the result of that is like a lot of New Year's resolutions, that we might just end up feeling bad or discard our effort altogether. So we're just going to take that monkey off your back right from the get-go. Rather, I would like you to read the Bible every day so that the Word will become your passion. To use the Word of the series, that you'll dwell in the Word. Now, one of our leaders reached out to me the uh, other day, and he suggested that maybe in addition to reading the Bible, we talk about listening to the Bible. Maybe for some of your, you, that would be both uh, logistically, in terms of practically speaking, while you're in the shower or in the car or on your, on your commute to work or wherever it is, to listen. And for some of you, this may be the way that you learn, even preferable to the option of reading. But in either case, here's the point, will you pledge to grow in your passion for the Word like King David? The Word of God, of course, is not the end in itself. You see, it leads us into a relationship with the one true King. So here's the question. If you were sitting across from Jesus in a face-to-face -face interview, which I believe you will someday, and Jesus asked the question, what are you passionate about?
what will you say? I hope you'll say, Jesus, I am passionate about your word, the word of God. And as I read it, as I listen to it, as I meditate upon it, Jesus, you become the object of my love, my delight, my devotion. You are the song that I sing. You are my treasure. And you are what is most sweet to me.